We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is January 10th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Bro, Bob Saget died. Yeah, that was crazy, right? That's wild. I mean, it just showed up on my Twitter and said that he actually was found, I guess, in his hotel room in Orlando at the Ritz. So that's uh, that's crazy. I I rough time man. for Orlando right now. Like, let's it, let's be all the way real, right? Like Bob Magic Saget was a game. Danny you Tanner. lose Bob Saget. Were you were, were you a big Full House fan growing I, up? I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I I watched it. I tried Fuller House, but nah. couldn't do it. Um, just wasn't the same. But um, yeah, no, I was I was a big Full House fan, so that that was that was unfortunate to see tonight. Every day would walk in the house, backpack would come off, TV would mm-hmm. would turn on, and it was channel fifty two. It was uh, ABC Family here, and yeah, yeah many uh, many of Full House uh, episodes or marathons, it was, whatever you want to call. Of those type of shows for me, it was uh, it was that the Cosby Show and Family Matters. Those were the three bangers family matters was more when i was like really really young um mm-hmm. i remember that being on i don't know if it was tbs or or what it was on family matters um what was the other one that you said the cosby uh, show the, yeah the, the cosby, the cosby show, show i think that was like more like nick at night for me it right. was full house and it was the fresh prince of bel-air yeah i and of course i mean everyone knows boy meets world but uh but yeah a lot of, uh, especially Nick at Night, was definitely Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. During the day, yeah. it was Full House. Yeah, man. And, Did you ever watch the George Lopez show? Of course. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Dude. dude. Low- that was right. like, that was don't, Nick don't, at don't, Night. Don't, like, don't, don't, don't. My friend always slept with the TV on, basically. Yeah. like we, we, would, we fell asleep, and the TV was still on in his room, and I'd wake up at 2 a.m. to that sound, and yep. I'd watch an episode. That meme I'd be is like, so accurate of like you just dude, wake up is. in the middle of the night with the TV on and that. Yeah, yeah. That and all the infomercials of like the 50 greatest love songs of all time, like that (laughs) kind of stuff. Or it was like, um, like air supply or something, something Mm -hmm. along those lines. But yeah, I, from what I read, um, like, you know, there was like no foul play. There wasn't any like drug use suspected. So really 65 years old. That's unfortunately that is too young, like too soon. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 and the last thing here before we actually talk about what we're, you know, magic basketball. Yeah, um, they, I, yeah. Uh, do we have to do that this <laughs> we week? Uh, maybe not. Um, no, yeah. I saw that he was pronounced dead at the scene, so I'm I'm hoping that you know it wasn't a, a mental health thing, a suicide thing with him. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other thing. But in terms of the the bigger picture and things that definitely need to continue to be talked about. But um, but yeah, man, that that's it's super sad if that is the case for sure. R.I.P. Danny Tanner, the coolest clean freak of all time. That's pretty whack. One other housekeeping thing before we talk about the Orlando Magic. Shout out to our patrons. If you guys weren't aware, uh, we do have a Patreon channel. Patreon.com slash the six man show. 
Three separate tiers, awesome benefits, helps financially support the show. But shout out to Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Norm L, Magic Player History, Giulio. We are actually getting ready to record a Patreon-exclusive episode actually after we record this episode. So if you guys want to see that, make sure you subscribe to the Patreon. Luke, the Orlando Magic now have lost nine in a row. Four straight losses this week, at least. 0-4 on the week with a loss at Chicago, 102-98 to the Bulls. At home versus the Sixers, 116-106. Then up in Detroit, a 97-92 loss to the Pistons Saturday night. And then tonight, we're recording this, lost 102-100 to the Washington Wizards. Luke, this week, Robin Lopez and Markel Fultz both came out of the health and safety protocols. Uh, They are returned to conditioning status right now, although Markel Fultz uh, still listed with the injury rehab for the uh, left ACL. We've yet to see him. Uh, And then Admiral Schofield uh, was signed to a two-way contract this week as the Magic waived Michael Mulder. Luke, what did you think of that? Uh, what do you think of the signing of Michael of uh, excuse me, Admiral Mulder, Admiral Mulder, Admiral Schofield, and the waving of Michael Mulder? This is what the Magic do to you. You have like your your brain just turns to complete mush. But what did you think of that, Luke? Admiral and and waving Michael. Well, I mean, first I'm I'm happy for for Admiral, right? I mean, in terms of. You know, last season they the Magic tried to get him on at the end of the year. He tests positive for COVID. At no point at that point uh, does not get signed to the Magic, and it's finally you know getting getting to get some run with with Orlando. So I'm glad to see that for him. There is a certain other player that you and I both would probably agree would have maybe liked to see get moved before uh, Michael Mulder did, but named named. Well, do you want his name or? Or do you want his nickname? No, we don't want the nickname. <laughs> Shout out to Corey Hayes on Twitter. Uh, we do not want the nickname. Okay. Uh, so it, it is Ignis Brasdakis. Um, he is still on this roster. Somehow. Um, somehow, some way, he, he doesn't go away. So, I mean, I mean, the reason that you sign Michael Mulder uh, really for his shooting. So 13 minutes a game, 15 appearances this year. 3.1 attempts, shooting 28.3% from the three-point line. So you definitely weren't getting what you signed Michael Mulder for, but, I mean, you're not getting anything from the other guy. Uh, Ignis Brasdakis, 16 games, 9 minutes. Guy averages 2.1 points. Uh, he's shooting 28% from the floor, 18% from the three-point line. And, uh, yeah, just not We not just have to good. hope. That that gets, you know, it doesn't matter anymore soon that, you know, he's on the roster. Admiral Schofield, as great as it is for him, that hopefully we just don't have to really worry about those guys too much anymore. Coming soon, hopefully. Coming soon. There's a lot of hopefully in there. I saw a, uh, a report today out of South Africa that some uh, doctors and epidemiologists there believe that Omicron could mark the end of the pandemic. So... That's still obviously very early to say, but I hope that's true. And I think like in terms of people who are really relevant to the team, the only guys who haven't entered the health and safety protocols are Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Isaac. I'm pretty sure both of those guys, like, I know they've avoided it. Um, and it seems like our team's bout with uh, COVID is, is done, at least for the foreseeable future when it comes to like natural immunity. And I know a lot of these guys are vaccinated and boosted, so... Yeah, hopefully we don't have to to run you know too much into that uh, you know going down the road here. So, yeah, happy for Admiral Schofield, but like Luke said, hopefully that really shouldn't matter uh, too much. So, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're trying some things out. Uh, we put some uh, some feelers out there today on uh, Twitter and Instagram. We're thinking about um, going to two shows, you know, a week, you know, with the with the six man show, just covering the magic twice a week. Um, a lot of people are leaning towards two shows a week, but we'll we'll kind of talk more about that. But someone said seven, so shout out to you. Shout we out appreciate to seven. you. Absolutely, yeah. I don't think that's feasible right now, <laughs> um, especially not like talking about mental health. All jokes aside. <laughs> Seven shows right now covering this team is really, really difficult. Shout out to everyone covering the NBA right now, especially the last, what, like three weeks with all of the kind of like replacement players. We've been watching like glorified G League games and like especially for the Magic. So many guys in and out of the lineup. Like you've got Wendell that's kind of back out of the lineup right now uh, with the hamstring. Uh, We had Cole and Franz both go down with ankle injuries in the middle of games and then come back. We didn't know if we were going to see those guys, especially with Cole, who's been in and out of the lineup with sprained right ankle, but now it's the left ankle. So, man, Luke, I don't know how many times we have to say this on the podcast, but the Magic just needed to get healthy. Like, luckily, we're not seeing too much slander, you know, across the league. People don't really care about the Magic one, but it's not like we're just getting totally blasted every single night. It's not like we're on national television and NBA Twitter is just coming for us every single night. We have to defend our team. Like, we're not healthy. It's not that we're right. bad. We're, we're, we're not just, the Knicks. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. But, uh, I mean, you know. But, yeah, man. What What did you think? Uh, well, we'll we're kind of talking about restructuring the show as a, as a whole and just kind of switching some things up as you kind of need to do in a, a season like this to, to keep things fresh and interesting. But, Luke, Monday against the Bulls, you lose 98-102 to 102, uh, in Chicago. I was more so just encouraged that it wasn't a blowout. When we saw them Black Friday in Orlando, I was courtside for that game. And yeah, just we got our butts kicked. And I was really concerned heading into this game, especially without Cole, that we were just going to get destroyed. And thankfully that wasn't the case, but uh, it still would have been nice to get the win. Yeah, I mean, fortunately... You know, guys showed up for that game. Like you said, you thought that it might be, you know, something that was hard to watch. Gary Harris continued to be a a solid piece to this team right now uh, in a time where he is needed. Everybody really is needed. Franz Wagner has 22. uh, WCJ has 21 and 10. I mean, and shoots 53% from the field. So you, you got kind of you got the, you know, efficiency, productivity out of a lot of guys that you needed to. You just end up falling short by, you know, the, the four points there. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, you know, DeMar has 29. Levine has 27. Kobe White has 17. It just, you know, it, uh, unfortunate. But it was much closer than we would have thought without Cole. Kobe White is, you know, now in like two games against the Magic this year is like had pretty solid offensive outputs. Uh, Kobe White, you know, is a guy that I watched at North Carolina and a guy that was really, you know, inconsistent at times, but he's gotten it going, you know, both matchups against the Magic this year, 17 in this one, 7 of 11 from the floor. What do you think of Kobe? I think Kobe could, like, become a a Jordan Clarkson type later in his career. Like, Jordan Clarkson in Cleveland, um, you know, know, they didn't think much of him there, obviously, uh, you know, in, in L.A., um, you know, kind of struggled at times. But obviously, you know, last year when six man of the year and has now just become a really good guy off the bench for the Jazz, I think Kobe mm-hmm. White could have that same kind of, like, career arc. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's kind of just slid into his role with Chicago, you know, taking right now, it looks like a seven point or seven minute differential between this year and last year. Obviously, they've got a more star studded team this year and a a better team just means that those younger guys get less minutes. Um, He had, you know, he's averaging right now uh, 11, basically 11, two and a half and two and a half um, on his assistant rebounds there. So in terms of his efficiency, I mean, that was the big thing for him and, and has been uh, in terms of his field goal percentage. Three-point percentage has always been average, and this year actually above average, shooting five threes a game, 39% from three. But if you look at his field goal percentage, it actually has gone up 3%. He's at 44.5 now, whereas last year, you know, when his con- where the concerns kind of were, his you know rookie year, 25 minutes a game, and was shooting 39% from the field last year, 41. So... It's been, I think that obviously the the better your team is, the less pressure you probably feel and also the less that is asked of you and you can kind of just do your thing if you are a role player or, you know, of those sorts in the NBA. And Kobe White, let's be honest, is is probably kind of right in that role. I think this is kind of best case for him right now. He is only 21, but, um, and, and we'll just continue to see how he does. And hopefully this Bulls team can kind of continue to amplify his ability to to play and 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 be able to you know continue to continue his efficiencies um be on the come up like they are right now from the field yeah him being a unc guy would i would really like to see him you know continue to improve but yeah magic lose 98 to 102 against the bulls um there's something i want to ask you we'll talk a little bit later about uh you know you and i had a conversation tonight during the game um about gary harris and and terrence ross and and some of the young guys so i want to I do want to revisit that for our, our listeners because yeah. I think I think they'll probably get a kick out of it. I think they like any time that we don't necessarily agree on stuff. So, um, right. Moving on, uh, you lose to the 76ers, one sixteen um, to one oh six. Uh, you know, Magic actually got some pretty good offensive performances, like Mo Bamba. I think that was, I think that was his career high, nineteen points. I think I I, I read that um, eight of twelve from the floor. Franz Wagner, fifteen point six of eleven. Cole Anthony, 26 points. Not a great night um, in terms of his efficiency. You don't get much help from the bench other than uh, Terrence Ross with 18 points. Um, like season high, by the way, for Bamba. Season high, not career high. It, it was career last year, uh, 22 points on May 3rd. May 3rd. No, that wasn't the game where he went crazy in the, the fourth and had like, I think it was like 14 points in the fourth quarter and we all went nuts. But uh, looking at this game, Freddie Gillespie, Tim Frazier, RJ Hampton, uh, give you a combined zero of nine uh, in, in their minutes in this game, but Magic offensively played well enough in this game uh, to win, but just literally could not uh, stop the Philadelphia 76ers. Four of their five starters dropped at least 20 points. Shout out to Danny Green, 24 minutes. Um, he was one steal away from having like the Tony Snell line of just complete <laughs> uselessness, but 31 for Embiid. 22 for Tobias Harris, 20 for Curry, uh, 20 for Korkmaz. Like, Magic just not really able to do much uh, with the 76ers uh, defensively. And that's really been, like, the the story of the Magic the entire year. Um, like, they're, they'll have their, you know, nights where they blow up offensively, and those are the nights really where they have the best chance to win. Um, but defensively, you know, I think we talked about this last week, but Mosley, you know, beginning of the year, I, after getting hired and at media day talking about how this was going to be a team that played with defensive tenacity and was really going to sit down and, and guard and and get into the ball and you know wreak all this havoc. And right now, the Magic are sitting at a whopping 25th in the league with a 112.3 defensive rating. So a you know bottom six team in the league defensively. Luke, not really, uh, not really what you want for a team that is as young as this and athletic and some of the the size and length that we had it should not be as big as a problem as it is and we could say that about rebounding as well right like tonight we'll we'll talk more about the uh, game against the Wizards but you just get killed on the glass and how many times have we seen that this year so really you know it sucks when you play well enough offensively you just can't stop the other team from putting the ball in the basket which as you know Luke is the entire point of basketball so they say that's that's what, what I've heard. Say. We haven't seen much of yeah. that in, in these parts, but no, no, of course not. Yeah, no that that game that game against Philly was um, interesting. Thirty percent from three. You 
you force 17 turnovers, but that doesn't help much when you have 19. So, um, yeah, I mean, not not much to take away really from that game. Cole has 26, and uh, that that was really about it. Besides Dell having another double double. Well, that and you, the Magic commit 30 personal fouls, which I believe was the season high. Um, I mean, you got to, you know, be kind of count your lucky stars that the uh, 76ers only shot 24 free throws on 30 personal fouls. It just goes to show you that couldn't stop them from getting the basket. And uh, even when you wanted to, you know, a a lot of fouling. So not really ideal, um, but it wasn't a blowout per se. So I guess that's one uh, takeaway um, as this team still is, is working back towards getting healthy. And then let's talk Saturday night. So Saturday, uh, basically the entire day, I was uh, at my sister's wedding. I was I was in the wedding as a as a groomsman. Uh, the girls were were flower girls, so that was pretty great. Uh, yeah, good day for the Osborne household. But I missed the first quarter. I, I told I, I was talking to somebody today, and I was like, the only time I miss an entire Magic game is like it was was Christmas, uh, like the you know the Christmas services on the twenty third. Um, like mm-hmm. we went and I missed like the first half. So I, I mm-hmm. don't, I don't miss much of these magic games for anyone except Jesus. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to my sister. Um, you know, congratulations obviously, but, uh, yeah. So producer Kevin took over the Twitter account, which was a, a big hit. People liked his, uh, rating of the, the halftime show. We'll have to, we'll have to bring that back. But, uh, Kevin even, he even, uh, recorded like a, a post game thing and I felt bad because I, I posted mine and then he was like, oh, well, but I was just right. like, you know, I, I do that every game. I still enjoy, you know, doing that. I told him, Kevin, post mm-hmm. it anyways, but, uh, but he did not. But anyways, Magic lose 97 to 92. Um, you really had a, a, a chance, um, you know, the whole way down to, you know, the ill-fated Cole Anthony three point attempt, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, towards the end of the game, and then you know you got a foul, and uh, the game is is over at that point. But Luke, what did you think of, uh, of this game? Because a lot of it came down to, um, you know, the Magic were hoping this was going to be like a, a Franz Wagner versus Cade Cunningham uh, type of battle. It did not um, end up being that. I guess you could say Trey Lyles gives the Magic a lot of problems um, in the second half, but you get 28 points out of Gary Harris. Um, which really should be an, enough to get it done, but for me, it came down to you just don't get enough, um, you know, offensively out of Cole and Franz. Nineteen points uh, from Cole, but on eighteen shots, you get nine points, four of ten from Franz. Uh, ends his long, I think it was twenty-one games of scoring double digits um, in a row. But no Wendell Carter in this one as he's out uh, with the hamstring injury. Freddie Gillespie, you know, gives you fourteen minutes, but two points. Uh, I think Luke, we joked about this, but how bad do we think that Jeff and John wanted to lose this game against the Pistons, which gave the oh. Magic like the sole? I think they now have like a three-game lead. It probably isn't the right word, but they're back three games on the Pistons uh, for the the worst record in the league. Yeah, um, they were probably pretty pumped about it. I'm pulling up something here just to double check here. I think I saw something after the game. I did want to note. Obviously, we were talking about how, um, you know, we wanted it to be a a Franz versus Cade type of ball game, and it just wasn't. Cade scored 12 on 14 shots. Franz scores only 9 points on 4 of 10 shooting. But the thing that, you know, kind of hit me after the game on um, scrolling Twitter, they're talking about uh, Killian Hayes and Cole Anthony. Now, Jonathan, Killian Hayes in 2020 was pick number seven. Yeah. Cole Anthony, pick number 15, obviously. Cole had what you would call an off night, 19 points on 18 shots. And Killian Hayes in 24 minutes had five points and three assists and one rebound. Like Cole Anthony said, do you think there's there's 14 guys better than me? Killing if there is, Killian Hayes ain't one of them. I know that's right. So that that was one thing that that gave me a laugh after the game was like, man, imagine the Magic draft Killian Hayes, dude. He he has been something. Let's do this. Something we haven't we haven't yeah. done this. Let's go through the twenty twenty draft. 
and let's see if okay. there's 14 guys better. We already know the answer is no. Let's see how many guys there are <laughs> actually better than Cole Anthony um, that got drafted. Anthony Edwards, I'd probably still give the edge to Anthony Edwards. What about you? Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm giving it to, to okay. him for sure. Okay, Wiseman, nope. Oh no, I mean too far right now. No. no, we we can only go off of you know what we have. Bill Parcells, you know your 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 record is you know what your what your record is or whatever the hell he says. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Hornets, uh huh. Lamelo Ball, okay, I'll give Lamelo Ball. Patrick Williams, yeah. I I'll say no. Like Patrick Williams, like the trajectory was looking pretty good, but now in his second year and he's out for the season, so I don't. I don't think you can put him against Cole over Cole. I would say. So we're 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 uh, four picks in. We're two to two. Okay, Isaac Okoro. Nope. nope. Onyeka Okongwu. Nope. Nope. Killian Hayes. Nope. Obviously no. Obi Toppin. Nope. Bad situation, but no. Denny Avdia. Nope. Nope. Jalen Smith. Nope. No. Nope. Devin Vassell. Nope. Tyrese Halliburton. Ooh. I'll get, okay. If that, we can argue, we'll 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 say Tyrese Halliburton. All right. So it's I well. So I mean, not, it's three to nine right me, now. Arguably, with Tyrese, arguably it's close. Only, the only reason is because Tyrese is like averaging seven assists a game this year and fourteen points. Like he is just very. Um, I don't know what the word I would use is steady. He's out shooting almost five threes a game, forty five percent basically from three. He's good. I the, I, the Kings are also sixteen and twenty five. And there's right. like they, like large stretches this year where he's been their best player. Yeah, so it's hard. I I would I'd lean Tyrese right now. Yeah, but it's it's close at least. So right now we're at nine to three. Okay, Kyra Lewis Jr. Nope. Aaron Neesmith just got uh, assigned to the G League. Nope. So we're talking about fourteen guys ahead of Cole. And it's two, maybe three guys that are better than Cole Anthony, right? Yeah. Let's go through the re- yeah. let's just go through the rest of the first round here. Um, Isaiah okay. Stewart, nope. Poku, nope. Josh Green, nope. Sadiq Bay, Pistons fan might argue. I would say no. Precious yeah, Achua, no. absolutely not. Tyrese Maxey, probably. Yeah. Okay. So what what is that now? Four guys. Zeke mm-hmm. uh, Naji, no. Leandro Balmaro, no. RJ Hampton, love you, but no. Emmanuel Quickly, <laughs> no. Peyton Pritchard, no. Yudoka Azubuki, Buki, I just butchered this dude's name. Apologies. Jaden McDaniels, no. Malachi Flint, no. Desmond Bain, he's uh, been uh, he's been good. That's hard. That's hard. But all right, four, maybe yeah. five guys out of the entire first round. So. We ju- we just answered that Cole. Is there fourteen guys better? No, I, Cole has a legitimate argument at top three in this draft so far. You know, Jerry's still out, kind of. You know, it's sec- second year. Let's all kind of pump the I'm, brakes. I'm giving a Desmond Bain, by the way, but yeah. No, that I mean, hey, that's that's fair. He's he's popped off. He's playing for a really good team. Stretches. He's been the best player on that team. So with John Morant, like he. Definitely stepped up, and you know they're what fourth in the West right now. Yeah. So you know, hey, it, you know, give it to to Desmond Bain here. Guys, cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code 6th, that's S-I-X-T-H, for 20% off plus free shipping. And inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2022 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. 
To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 6, S-I-X-T-H. It's New Year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. Okay, let's move on to tonight, Luke, um, against the Washington Wizards. So this was a weird game. Magic went like down in the first quarter, uh, then came back. Uh, you know, then we're up at the half, then we're up in the, the second half, and then they were down, and then they lost. It w- really was a weird game. Uh, for me, it, it honestly comes down to rebounding. Like, you're out-rebounded 54-42 to in this game. Kyle Kuzma, 27 points, almost as many rebounds tonight, 22 rebounds. Kyle Kuzma, career decent high. rebounder. Yeah, career high. Be career high. He's been going, probably like he's been going crazy. He's been going crazy recently in terms of rebounds. I mean, instead, in you know, terms of rebounds, eight eight point four for the season. Like he's not even in double digits. So like, he almost tripled his average. Like let's be yeah. let's his, be all the way stretch, that far for real for real. It, well, his stretch as of late though, rebounding wise, if you go back and look at his game log, he's been consistently over eight. Last ten games, eight point nine rebounds. Yeah, come on. Like I'm not not that impressed, but still, like twenty two rebounds. Like Kyle Kuzma has been the difference in. Both of the last two losses for the Magic to the Wizards. Back in, what was that? Was that November? I think it was November last time that we played the Wizards. He had like 13 straight points in the third quarter, and that was pretty much the the difference for the Magic. And tonight, like second game without Wendell, and the Magic like definitely felt it. Mo Bamba, 28 minutes tonight, starting at center, nine rebounds, not acceptable. Like, had a great game the other night against the Pistons, but tonight, 28 minutes, 10 rebounds, not, t- excuse me, 10 points, 9 rebounds is not going to get it done when you're getting destroyed on the boards by Kyle Kuzma and Daniel Gafford. It w- And let's talk about Daniel Gafford for a second. It was not that long ago. I remember Vooch was making that dude his grandson, like, absolutely <laughs> destroying him. And now Daniel Gafford, when it comes to, like, Defensively is a legitimate problem. Three blocks tonight. But another night for the Magic where, like I talked about this at halftime on Twitter, Cole Anthony and Franz Wagner at halftime combined for seven points, two of 12 shooting. Tonight they combined for 28 points. And what is this, 10 of 30 from the floor? Like a solid night defensively for the Magic. Uh, Not so much in the fourth quarter they give up 35 points, but... You are not going to win many games with Cole Anthony and Franz Wagner right now. Your two best players, not arguable to me, um, not, just didn't have it offensively tonight. The only reason you're in this game, 32 points from Terrence Ross, scored 20 straight points spanning the third and fourth quarter for the Magic, 7 of 7 from the floor in the third quarter. Like If Terrence Ross doesn't do that in the second half, the Magic probably lose this game by like 10-plus, Luke. And then do you want to talk yeah. about like the the last I don't know what was it like 20 seconds of this game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, the, the last 20 seconds of this game decided the game. I mean the decision making that was made by whether it was coaches, players, whatever, you know, it might be Magic get the ball, Magic call a timeout, right? Jonathan, so they they call timeout. I don't know if you're pulling up play by play or if you're able here. to. Um yeah, give us the the play by play real quick. And all right, my so fifteen point nine seconds left. Cole is driving to the basket. He gets fouled. Uh, I believe it was by Daniel Gafford. Uh, Wizards call a timeout. Uh, they go to the instant replay. They challenge it. It's obviously a foul. So Cole makes two free throws. Mm-hmm. Magic are down one hundred to ninety eight with twelve point four or fifteen point nine seconds left. Um, they inbound the ball to Bradley Beal. He's complaining that he gets fouled, but he still gives the ball up to Kyle Kuzma. So I don't know Brad Beal. Like every, I like Brad Beal, but every time we play him, he becomes like one of my least favorite players in the NBA because <laughs> he just cries so much. Why are you giving the ball up if you felt like you were fouled? Like if you feel like they're fouling you, just like, like hey, yo, I'm getting fouled. But no, gives the ball up to Kuzma. We foul Kuzma. Kuzma misses the first free throw, makes the second. So now you're down three, 12.4 seconds left. 
Magic come the length yeah. of the uh, of the floor. Franz, uh, they actually had a really nice uh, play call, but Franz gets basically an open dunk at the rim. Now you're down one, 7.8 seconds left. So now, okay, they they call timeout actually after Kuzma made the second free throw. Let's go back to that, okay? So again, you're down three, 12.4 seconds left, all right? they call, The Magic call a timeout. It's their last timeout of the yeah. game. So they all know, like, hey, they're going to inbound the ball, okay? Well, we're, we're excuse me, we're going to get the ball. This is the play that we're going to run. The Wizards are going to get the ball back. We have to foul. There's got to be another play call after that, right? Like, yeah. thinking, you know, through Jamal Mosley's thought process, like, there's got to be a, another play uh, after uh, if you get the ball back with a chance to win or tie the game. Um, there's got to be something in place. So, Beal uh, misses his first free throw, makes the second. Now the Magic, it's 6.8. Magic are down two. 6.8 seconds left. Chuma's inbounding the ball. It looks like they're trying to get the ball to Cole. Um, Cole doesn't end up getting the ball. It goes to Franz, who drives the length of the floor. It looks like he's trying to get to the rim. He can't. Uh, and then he, he, it's like a dribble handoff. Um, dribble a handoff to, yeah, to, to uh, Gary Harris. And Gary Harris mm-hmm. gets blocked by Beal, uh, basically at the buzzer, and, and the game's over. So... I mean, it seems like the plan was to get the ball to Cole, which all of us would have done. But I don't know what happened. Like, Franz, maybe, like, rookie mistake, just didn't think, just lower your head, try to draw a foul. Tries this, like, dribble handoff with uh, Beal there to Gary Harris. Doesn't make any contact with Bradley Beal to, like, try to set up a pick and free Gary Harris and and Gary Harris. Like, Beal gets a finger on the ball, and, you know, the ball has no chance to get to the rim. And the the game's over. I here's my thought process. My thought process is when the Magic have the ball at twelve point four seconds, they call that timeout. They're drawing up the play, and it turns into that Franz dunk. Right? There is a great reason why the Wizards are letting you drive the lane and just get a free dunk. I I wholeheartedly know the Wizards know the Magic don't have any timeouts left. So regardless of what they do, when they foul us, let's say you know they miss the 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 second free throw, they regardless of that or if they make it, they have to, Magic have to go the length of the floor in six seconds, which is enough time. But there's just never like you know it's going to be rushed. You know it's going to be rushed. You're going to have to have some great action on the other side of the court. You have Cole. You have two guys coming for the inbound. You have a guy inbounding the ball and leaves you with two at the other end of the court. And then you end up with what you get at the end of that game. I obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but I really think that the that Mosley twelve seconds is typically the amount of time that like when you're dribbling out a clock and you want the final shot, you start your play development and you start your play with twelve seconds left on the clock. And I I think that you just you you try whatever like whatever you want to draw up um, in that final twelve seconds and just try to get a three from there because thinking forward. Regardless, you're going to have to go the length of the court to try to win the game. I honestly would rather wait, you know, down to 10 seconds or 11 seconds to arrive after you inbound the ball, let a play develop and try to get somebody open. I understand they were guarding the three point line, but it's, I don't know, man, that it, it didn't execute well. And like I said, hindsight is 2020, but that's just kind of where, where I'm at right now with that final. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating to have another loss like this, especially with this being the, the ninth loss in a row. Uh, the good news is, like, if you look at the Magic, uh, you're, like, just in terms of, like, the schedule um, and the outcome, we didn't get blown out this week. Um, you know, last blowout coming against the Bucks, 136-118 to 118 a couple weeks ago. Um, since then, you've got a 116 loss to the Celtics, and then 4-point loss to the Bulls, 10-point loss to the Sixers, 5 to the Pistons, 2 to the Wizards tonight. And then you're getting ready to play the, the Wizards again here uh, on Wednesday. So no game to Monday or Tuesday. Uh, but on Wednesday, you'll be in Washington to take on the Wizards. So the Magic are playing a lot of close games as of late. You know, four out of the last five really coming down basically to the buzzer. Um, but, yeah, without a healthy team, uh, especially with a young team, they're still figuring out their way to win. Um, I think the only thing that's concerning to me is just, like, when you get good games like the Magic have the last couple of games with, like, 28 from uh, Gary Harris the other night, um, and then 32 tonight uh, against uh, you know with Terrence Ross against the Wizards, 
if you can't capitalize on that and and win those games, like it, it's it's really just a wasted opportunity. You're up eight in you know early in the fourth quarter, and then you know a few minutes later you're down six to the Wizards. You know th- this team, you know they're young, they're inexperienced, they're learning, but at some point. These are the type of games where you just have to say, we are not letting go of the rope. We are not losing this game. Can't have a 14-point swing in the fourth quarter at home. And, it, and you know, tonight I was worried, like, oh, my gosh, what if we start to get, like, let's go Wizards chance. Wizards fans don't <laughs> even show up in Washington, so they're not going to show up in Orlando. But, I mean, there is just no excuse, you know, to tonight. Um, yeah, you're without Wendell, but... At some point, you got to learn to win these games. I feel like we, as depleted as we are, if you have 32 points out of Terrence Ross, guys like yeah. Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton, like they have to find a way to to step it up. So another yeah. another disappointing loss tonight for the Magic. It's nine losses in a row. You play the Wizards again. Uh, who who knows when the the next win for the Magic is, is going to come? It's been a, a rough couple of weeks, Luke. Uh, let's go ahead and let's take a look at the schedule. Let's take a look at the week ahead for the Orlando Magic, and let's see when this next win is going to come. So off Monday and Tuesday, then Wednesday you're at Washington. That game starts at seven o'clock. Then you're off Thursday, game Friday at Charlotte. That game again starts at seven o'clock, and then Saturday at Dallas. So quick little three game. A road trip coming up for the Magic. That game Saturday at Dallas will take off at 9.30. Uh, let's see. So at Washington, at Charlotte, at Dallas versus Portland, then at Philadelphia, home for Los Angeles, home for the Bulls, at the Clippers, and then Friday, January 28th, you take on the Pistons. Luke, I think we have a chance uh, to bounce back with a win Wednesday at Washington. Let's talk about this week first. So at Washington, at Charlotte, at Dallas, I think we have a chance to take that one Wednesday in Washington. I feel like the team is going to want that one pretty badly. But uh, what do you think is going to happen this week? Three games. Uh, I, I'm feeling, uh, I don't know why with this team, but I'm, I'm feeling optimistic, okay? Uh, I'm feeling optimistic about this week. I'm going to say that uh, the Magic go 2-1. and one. I think they go two and one, and uh, I think in large part, obviously, like you said, they'll be ready to go rested um, here in a couple days against Washington again in Washington. But um, the Grizzlies play the Mavericks um, Friday, nine Eastern on ESPN prime time, and then the very next night, the uh, Mavericks go fly back home that night and then play the Magic at eight thirty Eastern. Um, on Saturday, and I think that the uh, the Magic will be able to get it done, and I think the Magic are going to go two and one. Memphis to Dallas can't be that far of a flight, but right now the the Mavs no. are in the middle of a six game winning streak. I mean, in that in that span, they've played like the Kings, the Thunder, the Rockets, but they've also beaten the Nuggets. They beat the Warriors. They beat the Bulls. So they ain't played the Magic. Oh, I mean, it, no, it'd I'm be saying. seven. It'd be seven in a row. It'd be seven. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't think they're going to do it. I I see the Magic going one and two on the week. Um, I think, and I'm hoping that they find a way to pick up that game uh, Wednesday in Washington. If not, you're at a ten game losing streak. Something about a double digit losing streak in the NBA, I think, just kind of hits a little bit different. It means you're very bad. And then Luke, if they don't win that game, if they don't beat Washington on Wednesday. There's an outside chance that this team loses like what, like 17 in a row here. So we're looking. Washington would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So yeah, we're looking at like a 17 game, like outside chance of a 17 game losing streak. And then you play uh, the Pistons at home on Friday, the 28th, and we just lost to the Pistons. So who knows? There's like a very like small chance, but I don't think it's impossible that the Magic lose 20 in a row potentially just looking at the schedule and the way that team has been playing how sad is that like statistically like probably won't lose 20 in a row but i mean this is one of the worst magic teams in magic history like currently constructed with all the injuries and everything now we get Jalen, j.i and markel back i i don't think that's the case that we're one of the worst teams in magic history but currently constructed, I find it's it's pretty hard to argue against that. So hopefully that's not the case. 
Luke, let's go ahead. I wanna I wanna end the pod with a, a couple of, of questions here. I feel like Jamal, like you know, he's definitely had his shortcomings as a head coach so far, but what he has done, you know, in the midst of a, a you know handful of well, now it's three pretty sizable uh, losing streaks. So I think it was like uh, like two seven-game losing streaks, and now we're at a nine-game losing streak. And he's done a, a pretty good job of, of keeping the band together, so to speak. But at what point for a young team, a team as young as this, used to winning their entire lives, at what point do you feel like that starts to fracture? Because it has to start at some point. Yeah. I'm afraid um, 10 might be the answer where we might start to see some frustration set in with these guys. You haven't seen much of that so far. Yeah, I think you're you're in some uh not ideal territory with with you're this in some team muddy right waters. Now. Yeah, because I I think, you know, we've all probably had losing streaks in on our life, whether it be in in our everyday life in terms of like just taking L after L in real life. Uh, whether it be video games, whether it be intramural basketball, football, um, high school basketball, football, whatever sport you played, if you've taken a, a, a heavy loss streak, losing streak, then uh, you know that eventually you you get pretty frustrated. You it's hard to kind of keep a you know a good head on your shoulders. I I think that the Magic need to win soon. Um, I think that the only thing that could be holding this team afloat is the same thing, keeping us afloat, Jonathan, which is we're not healthy. We got to get our guys back. This isn't our yeah. real team. And, and I think that might be the only thing really that that is going to keep them sane throughout this losing streak. Do you think there's any danger in them kind of letting go of the rope, though? Like you get to 10 or 12 games and you're like, we're just going to suck until we get healthy. And then all of a sudden, like, 12 games turns into, you know, 17, 18, 19 games. Because right now, we are we are at a literally G League games, like the Brooklyn game, Atlanta game, where those, and a Toronto postponement, by the way. We're those games away from this being 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. We're G League games away like you, do you feel confident that we would have beat Brooklyn if Brooklyn was healthy? If Brooklyn no. was healthy, no. Right, Atlanta. No, no. Like no Trey Young in that game. Right. Like we're very close to like almost being at twenty games right now. If it wasn't for, you know, potentially the whole COVID thing from happening. Yeah. So Jamal's done a great job, but like. How many times do we see like bad teams, like just especially young bad teams, just kind of get down on themselves, get frustrated? And if Jamal is able to, and I think he can, I feel like this team is mentally tough enough. Don't don't get me wrong. I feel like this team is mentally tough enough. I feel like the chemistry is good enough. Um, they're not giving up in these games. They're not letting go of the rope. I think that is a huge, um, like kudos pat on the back to Jamal Mosley if he is able to kind of keep this team afloat through what has been, you know, a really, really rough part of the schedule the last, you know, six, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's been it's been rough, and I uh, have a bad feeling it's going to continue to be that way until we get Markel and J.I. back. Yeah. All right, last thing I wanted to ask you. So you and I, I brought this up earlier. You and I talked tonight. Um, you know, during the game, and you were, you basically said there are a couple of young guys you'd be willing to give up if it meant keeping Gary Harris and and Terrence Ross. So, I I want you to expand on that, and then who who would you be willing to give up to keep those guys, and yeah. why? So the biggest thing, and and the important thing to note throughout the conversation was me putting an or between T. Ross and Gary. Um, which one would I want to keep more? As of late, and what I've seen in you know, a sample in sample size wise, I'd rather keep Gary Harris. I, I think that the you know the, the stuff is there with T. Ross that that maybe he wouldn't mind leaving. Um, and and Gary Harris obviously you know would have to be re-signed this off season. But in terms of like you know what I would want, um, as you also said, T. Ross is coming up on being what thirty two years old. Um, Gary Harris is not. Gary Harris well, is. He'll- I think he'll be 31 
Wait, is he 31 now? Because his birthday is in like a few weeks. Yeah, Whatever Ross. it is with T. Ross, like, you know, starting to creep into his 30s. He's going to be 31 a, a, in February. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. As a guy who really relies heavily on his, you know, athleticism a, and, and rising ability he, to rise I mean, up. How high he shoots the when he jumps. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing with me is that, like I said, one or the other, the one that I would rather have is Gary Harris simply for the fact that of what he has shown us as of late – and what I think he can be when this team is healthy, I think he can be a guy that just steps into the game and, and is what we thought maybe he could be for us um, with a fully you know healthy roster. Not having to be a guy that needs to score you know 16 to 20 points for us to win the game. I mean, and he's doing that right now and 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 doing it well. So I think when I think that you just need to like at, at what point is the team too young? Like, you know, you look at next year's uh, roster as it stands with, you know, the young guys and not really knowing, you know, eliminating the guys who, who need to be basically re-signed, right? Bomba has that qualifying offer. Um, you're looking at Fultz, Cole, Franz, J.I., WCJ, Bomba, and Suggs. And then you got MCW, who you got to figure out what you're going to do with. Um, and, and you've got, you know, just a lot of guys kind of their, their futures hanging in the balance. Rolo is another one of them. It's just kind of like, what veterans do you bring back? Because, Jonathan, if you don't remember, like, our conversation at the beginning of the season and the offseason was, these, we still need a balance. And we need some veterans. And we've kind of decided that T. Ross probably not the veteran that we need. He, like we've also said, he's getting older. Gary Harris is, has been someone who has been pretty steady. And so, obviously, you have, you know, RJ Hampton and Chuma also on that list. And the reason I didn't put them on that list was to circle back to this point. And in that point is, I, I think that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't mind at all if we could keep Gary Harris and if we got rid of one of those two, if that's what it took for that to happen, for Gary to look at the roster construction and be like, I'll come back. I'll come back if I like can see my minutes are there, whatever. I'm just hoping this team gets healthy enough back so that we can show Gary Harris what the team can look like fully healthy so he doesn't just say goodbye no matter what this offseason. So that's that's kind so, of my my point there. So my thing is is this right? Like you you gave up like Gary Harris was basically like the salary match in the the trade for Aaron Gordon. Like mm -hmm. what made the trade happen for the Magic was Denver parting with R.J. Hampton, and you can argue about the pick. I don't know if that was a big deal, but um, I don't think Gary was like this crown jewel that the Magic were you know looking you know obviously like. I really believe it was just to make the money match to get Aaron Gordon, um, you know, to a place that he wanted to be. But like looking at Gary Harris, last ten games, eighteen point six points per game, shooting forty six percent from the floor, forty one percent from the three point line. He's been great the last like ten plus games. I think it's probably a, a bit more than that. Um, but for the season, uh, averaging eleven point seven, forty five percent from the floor, he's got the three point percentage up to thirty six point seven. Um, you know, you and I talked about this, I believe, either last week or, or the week before. Um, Gary's been shooting the ball and scoring the ball so well. I don't know if it's just the fact that maybe he's healthy for the first time in a few years. Maybe yep. it's that. Maybe it's the opportunity. Um, but I, I still feel like there's a, a good chance that Gary is closer to his mean on the season um, than what we've seen like the last 10 games. And you bring back Jalen. You bring back Markel Fultz. All of a sudden, like where does Gary Harris like really fit in? Um, unless you're just going to completely give up on R.J. Hampton um, in the the second year of his career, which I don't I don't really see the Magic doing that. So your starting guards, obviously Cole Markell at the three, Franz Wagner. Um, we can let's not even talk about J.I. coming back yet because we don't know what that's going to look like. But does Gary gets slid into the three, Franz at the four, and then Wendell at the five. Does Jamal Mosley finally go away from the Wendell, Mo Bamba, four and five if both of those guys are healthy? Um, like, for instance, like Mo Bamba came back and is instantly starting, has started next to, I think, Freddie Gillespie and, and Chuma Okiki the last two games with Wendell out. Um, my thing is, does Mosley, is Mosley ready to move Mo to the bench? When Mo has started, I believe, in every single game this year, is he willing to bring that up or, or break that up rather short of Jonathan Isaac coming back? I really don't know. I feel like you have a chance of, 
you know, kind of, you know, hurting Mo Bamba's confidence, which I think is kind of the last thing that that guy needs. Writing is, you know, kind of on the wall. Is going to work out long term here with Mo Bamba. Started the season really, really promising, and then has just kind of really been up and down since that point. You're, you know, projected to have hopefully, knock on wood, a top three pick in the draft. Um, right now, if the draft was today, give me a guy like Paolo Bancaro, you know, Jabari Smith, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. Some people will talk about Chet Holmgren. Uh, that mm. frame just really, really scares me. But depending on where the pick is, you could obviously justify that. Gary Harris making $21 million. He's going to be 28 this year. Um, I He was so close with Denver, it felt like at times them being a contender. He, I think he's not going to want to go from, you know, $21 million to if you're relegating him to a, a bench role, how much are you going to pay a guy who probably isn't going to be your sixth man? Like long term, you're probably hoping that's going to be like Jalen Suggs, I'm guessing. Like right now with the way that Markel is playing, well, Markel was playing and the way that Cole is playing now, at least right now, that's probably the role Jalen will play uh, when he comes back and everyone is healthy. Um, you either have to give up on RJ Hampton or you know, re-sign Gary, re-sign Gary Harris, and I think there's a, a really good chance a good team calls Gary Harris this summer and says, "Hey, we want you to be our our starting you know shooting guard on a playoff team, and we're hoping to go you know pretty deep into the playoffs." And then he's like, "Okay, well, am I going to stick with the Magic and have them overpay me three or four million dollars a summer or a year, or am I going to go and and play for a good team?" I think there's a pretty good chance. Gary probably wants to play for a you know a, a good team at this point in his career, and if I'm the Magic, I'm not going to overpay uh, you know market value for Gary Harris. I I would just refuse to do that if that's me, and I'm not ready to give up on R.J. Hampton. Like we've come to the conclusion, R.J. Hampton is not a point guard, but he's still not being given the opportunity to not be the point guard. Like right now, he's in lineups with Tim Frazier. That's not doing R.J. Hampton any favors. And, you know, a lot of the rest of the season, he's basically been asked to have the keys in that second unit. And, you know, he's shown some flashes recently. I'm not as excited as some people have been the last few games. You know, he's made some nice passes. He's had some, you know, better decision making, but still young, a guy who, you know, before going to Australia was, you know, widely regarded as like a top five, top 10 pick, um, you know, in the draft two years ago. So for those reasons, I I would not be willing to you know keep Gary Harris or Terrence Ross if it meant having to move a guy like R.J. Hampton or, or Chuma Okiki. I'm just we we saw flashes out of those guys last year that made us very uh, confident coming into this year. And 40 games in, when no one's being optimized, guys are in and out of the lineup. Um, the team is not healthy. Like the core of the team is not healthy. I'm not ready to just be like, oh, it's just not going to work out for those guys here. The only guy I feel like that probably is the case is probably Mo Bamba. Um, yeah, I mean we we disagree on that. Obviously, we disagree. Like, that's fine. And and that's and there's just too many too many young guys, right? You're bringing in another rookie. You're bringing. You know, we're gonna you know rest our hopes on R.J. Hampton to develop when like I mean, regardless, he is getting run on the worst team in the NBA playing 20 minutes a game right now. And like, we'll show flashes, but is not like popping by any means. Um, I, I just, I, I, I say, I understand Chuma maybe more than RJ, but even still, I think that you're eventually going to have too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to young guys that need to develop and all that kind of stuff. I, I just don't, I, I don't see it, it working out with, with both of them staying on the roster. See, do you feel like even remotely that the youth is like a huge problem on this team right now? Um, obviously it's it's health, right? Like that that that's yeah. the biggest thing. But it, I mean, this team sucks, and and it sucks because there's so many young guys on the team. I truly believe that. That's not why the team sucks. You you the don't team sucks because they're not healthy. Throwing R.J. Hampton out there right now and like trying to figure out his role, whatever he. He's shooting 38% from the field, 39% from the field. Trumo, Kiki, like these guys aren't blowing my minds right now, and they have all the opportunity in the world to do so because this team sucks. You look at Franz Wagner. Obviously, they're not Franz Wagner. They're not Cole Anthony, but those guys are stepping up when their name is called, and they have a higher role to be playing and more expectations. Um, I, I just don't. I, I'm. 
I just would not mind if, if Gary Harris stuck around instead of one of RJ or Chuma. You can keep one of them but I, in this situation, but I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm not sold on, on either of those, those guys. Yeah, and I like we've talked about this. I'm not gonna like rehash this whole thing, but like RJ with the health has been asked to do like way too much out of his current skill set. Like there are some guys that are just gonna be better suited to be like role players. Like Gary Harris is a guy who is best suited as a role player, and that might be the case with RJ Hampton and Chuma Okiki. Now with Chuma, we're not gonna start talking about the jump shot. That's a whole nother like podcast episode. I don't know what <laughs> is going on there. Um but yeah, I just think, you know, Guys playing with better players makes you better. Like that, that's just kind of the natural order of things. And when you know Chuma isn't playing in an offense that's being orchestrated by like Tim Frazier or like Hassani Gravit or R.J. Hampton, um, I feel like he's gonna you know benefit from that. And the same you know kind of with R.J. Hampton once we see what will most likely be Jalen running the second unit kind of next to R.J. I think we could see a, a stretch later in the season where he's uh, where he's much improved. But Luke, this is going to be a conversation I think that it, we're going to continue to have because yeah. um, the Magic might look at Gary Harrison and Terrence Ross come trade deadline and be like, "These guys look pretty good right now. What can we get for them?" Like that is totally a a, a possibility that we might not even get to the point of the off season uh, with Gary Harris. So, but Luke, I think that is going to do it uh, for for this week. Unless you have anything else, no, that's it. Okay. Well, we're going to be looking at you guys uh, for feedback. We're kind of switching up the the format of the show, trying to keep things interesting. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about going to, to two shows a week. So if you guys listen to the show, if you're on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the show, hit us up either in the comments on the YouTube video or on our social media accounts. Let us know how you felt about kind of this more, I guess, free-flowing episode. And, and what do you, what would you think about us going to, you know, two shows a week? So anyways, uh, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Six Man Show, and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!